This episode of Powder Keg is brought to you by MVP Launch Partners, an amazing product development and consulting firm. I've worked with these guys myself, and I can tell you what sets them apart is that they really partner with you to provide product leadership and advice. They take ownership of building a great product, whether it's a website or a mobile app or a software product. And for a limited time, MVP Launch Partners is offering up to six hours of free consulting for Powder Keg Podcast subscribers. It's an incredible deal. So go to MVPLaunchPartners.com slash Powder Keg to get started. If you go to the middle of the dance floor and you, and you dance like an idiot... Technically, it's the right thing to do, but there's a little rest, less risk if five of your boys go out in the middle of the dance floor and also dance like idiots. So we're, in a, we're, we're dancing like idiots. That was Don Wetrick, innovation educator and founder at Start Ed Up Innovation. And over the past couple of years, he's brought guest teachers into his class that include the likes of entrepreneurs like best-selling author Tim Ferriss and the investor and entrepreneur Gary Vaynerchuk and even the Navy SEAL and best-selling author Jocko Willink. And in this conversation, you're going to find out exactly why and how Don has been able to introduce his students to these exceptional leaders. For this interview, I traveled to the Innovation Center and Library of Noblesville High School, where Don is an innovation teacher just north of Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm your host, Matt Hunkler, and you're listening to episode 44 of Powder Keg Igniting Startups, a show for entrepreneurs, leaders, and innovators who are building remarkable tech companies in areas decidedly outside of Silicon Valley. So listen, you've heard the complaints from students, maybe even your own kids. You hear this all the time. You hear things like, when am I ever going to use this in the real world? Why are we learning this? When are we going to learn about something interesting? But what if students came to class excited? What if you came to the world excited about what you're going to learn? What if you're passionate about your projects? What if you grasp the connection between today's work and tomorrow's career? or even your calling. Don Wetrick is an innovation specialist at Noblesville High School. He's the author of Pure Genius, Building a Culture of Innovation and Taking 20% Time to the Next Level. Wetrick has worked as a middle school and high school teacher and is an education and innovation consultant and educational speaker. He's lectured across the United States, in Africa, South America, and Europe, and talked all about collaboration, social media use, and work environments to help enable innovation. He also has an amazing podcast called Start Ed Up, that's Start Ed Up, where he interviews some of the top entrepreneurs, authors, and thought leaders about education and how we can help prepare students in a changing world. You can follow him at at Don Wetrick. He's very active on Twitter. In fact, that's how he gets a lot of the guests on his podcast and even guest lectures for his class. That's at Don Wetrick. That's W-E-T-T-R-I-C-K. And this is a great interview because we talk about how to think creatively, how to connect with anyone, and how to push yourself outside of your comfort zone to add more meaning to your life and increase your positive impact on the world. Now, let's dive right into my conversation inside of the Library and Innovation Center of Noblesville High School, where I talk with Don Wetrick and even some of his students, who we bring on later in this episode. This is going to be a great conversation. Let's set this thing off. And we're live with my good friend, Don Wetrick, here. Uh, I'm really excited for this conversation. We are coming at you live from... Don, where are we right now? We're in Noblesville High School, and I'm not that short. <laughs> I'm coming down. I'll come down. I'll come down. There we go. How's that? Sure. A little That's better? Good. Yes. Nice. Uh, we're in Noblesville High School. Where's Noblesville? Noblesville, Indiana? Noblesville is on the north side of Indianapolis, and we're in the Innovation Center slash library. 
which is almost deceiving that you're seeing this many books behind us because we have a lot of co-working spaces and whiteboards and things of that nature, but I digress. This place is pretty cool. For those of you that are watching live right now, I'll make sure to give a little tour at the end of the conversation. That way you can see this enormous space that we're in right now. Maybe you hear the echo a little bit, uh, which is kind of cool. But um, here with Don Wetrick, Don, you have almost 20 years or more than 20 years. This of is my 20th. 20th year. Yeah of education experience. You've been doing innovation education for five plus years. And I know you have a deep history rooted in education. Mm -hmm. uh, what's your earliest memory of, of the education experience? My dad. Your dad? So my mom uh, was a stay-at-home mom, but that kind of makes her an educator. My sister is a teacher. Uh, and then, yeah, just I, I used to go to the mall. And then my dad would see former students. And that was one of the things that I liked about being a teacher and that I kind of wanted to be is like people would stop me and they're like, your dad. And then they'd say really nice things about my dad. I'm like, awesome. What kinds of things would they say? Uh, and it's funny where we've gone now in America because a lot of them were people in the industrial tech area. He ended up having to be a guidance counselor eventually <laughs> uh, because they got, they cut those programs so much. And so long, you know, he, he used to, from welders to architects to uh, machine operators to lathe people. I mean, this all sorts of things. But they'd, they'd say, you know, your dad really worked with me or your dad's class got me to the career I'm in and all these other good things. So it was it was always uplifting to hear those things. That was my earliest memory of, of what education used to be. Well, I imagine your dad was a teacher to you as well mm -hmm. along the way. Do Still you, is. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. yeah. Is he still a, a lifeline you call? Yeah. Yeah. Even when I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> like I guarantee you he'll be watching this and he'll say you know Donnie shouldn't have said that but love you dad uh, is there a particular lesson you remember from when you were a kid that your dad taught you actually what, what uh, the actual experience was the, the thing that I shameless plug I wrote this in my book this is my favorite thing I ever wrote I, I just I didn't want to be a teacher and so I went to college that they my mom and dad paid every cent for and then two years into my career and it was a good career but I don't know what it was that I was like, why do I want to be a teacher? And so when I went to him, I'm like, look, I'm not asking for money, but I think I'm going to go back and get a second degree. And I, I didn't know what he was going to say. I didn't know if he'd be mad. And he says, you know, son, I don't care if you teach for the next 20 years. Just don't teach one year 20 times. And what did he mean by that? He had been in education long enough where he saw teachers doing the same thing and they didn't like their job. And the students didn't like doing the same thing in and out. And they're, and I really think that was the heart of innovation. Deliberately looking for new avenues, things that didn't work, things that did work, changing things up deliberately because you should. Pivoting. I mean, all these little key things that we talk about now, it's what he was, you know, talking about. Try new things. The things that are working, enhance it. Things that aren't working, throw it out. I remember when he said that, it didn't make any sense to me or didn't make an impact on me until my second year teaching. Really? And then I was like, wait a second. I'm starting to teach year one in the second, you know, second year or way. And, and so I was like, no, deliberately be different. And so throughout my career, I've reinvented what I either will do because I taught English for like 10 years. And then I kind of invented this TV program and we start teaching documentary films and all these other weird things that are multimedia. And that didn't really exist. We just started off doing announcements. And then the Dan Pink thing, you know, I watched Dan's TED Talk and then I thought... And, and who's Dan Pink for those that maybe haven't heard? Or if maybe you don't know who Dan Pink is, first of all, <laughs> continue watching this. But 
go back and, and listen to Dan Pink's TED Talk. It's amazing. And so, yeah, he talked about what motivates people. And it's not really money. It's mastery, autonomy, and purpose. And so the things that he was talking about that they did at Atlassian and at Google, I was thinking that could be true at schools too. You know, what motivates kids? It's not really grades, except it is. Mm -hmm. And people that think that it really is money, then they're disillusioned. And I thought, what would, what would happen if I had my own time where I allowed the students to work on things that they were passionate about, that they wanted autonomy and, you know, that they had purpose in doing? I started my own class and that was kind of dumb luck because it didn't get approved until I reached out to Dan um, and then, um, that also why, kinda, why didn't it get approved? Because it sounds stupid. It's a class. It's almost like the Seinfeld show. It, it seemed what, like, what was the pitch? Can it, you give me the, the, the yeah, pitch that you I, had? I said, Hey, I, I want this class, um, where the students work on things that they've always wanted to work on. And they're like, what is that? What department is that under? I said, I don't know. <laughs> and they go, what will they work on? I said, what they want to work on. And they, they went, that makes no sense. And I was like, okay. Are you talking about what? Sixth graders, seventh graders? No, those, this is a high school. Okay. And so um, I said, well, watch this Daniel Pink TED Talk. And then they said, I tell you what, if you can find a Daniel Pink description in the state catalog, we'll prove it. Well, I found this really vague course description, and that got me through. And what really got me through is, is that I reached out to Dan, and I said, hey, would you Skype some of our students? Because at the time, we are just squeezing this in the class. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, I want my own class next year. And Dan um, endorsed it, and he got to spend some time with us. And so that, that made the administration kind of take notice that all of a sudden I was working with Stanford and Duke University and Dan. And they were like, what he's doing is correct. And so that made the school go, maybe this isn't so stupid after all. And it just little increments. I mean, really and truly, the first two years were not good. But we were <laughs> why, getting... But why we were is getting, that? Because it's hard to break kids of being students. Like most students, their default by after third grade, their default is sit around and wait for instructions. They don't take initiative. And I'm not saying that mean. Well, it's most it, adults I know. <laughs> I was about to say, right, if, right. if it's hard to break kids of that habit, it's probably even harder to break adults of that habit. This is why I'm frightened for people. They don't know what they love. They don't know Joseph Campbell's journey, right? They, they, just, they watch somebody else's journey. We watch, we watch somebody play sports and we feel that it's us, but it's not. Right. And so I wanted an experience where our students would have an hour and a half every other day to experience things and fail. To try things and go, that wasn't so bad. To to grow things, to code things, to put on events, to do whatever, and then realize the world doesn't end if it sucks. And then if it is slightly good, try event number two. Try version number two. And little by little, we started getting a little bit more success and a little bit more success and then a lot of success. And then to the point of being like, the, the kids have a pretty interesting spotlight on them, and I'm, I'm proud of it. And it's what's given me a position to try to work now with other schools and, and um, get other schools. Like my stated goal is I want this class in every high school everywhere, and the beginnings of it are in grade school. Yep. I mean, truly the beginnings of it are kindergarten is awesome. Yeah. And truly Montessori is awesome. I'm a Montessori kid. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> um, but like letting people think that it can be past first grade. Yeah. So that's kind of what I'm wanting to do. I love that. And I want to dive into some of the 
strategies that have worked with your students because I think it will work with adults as well. Yeah. And I'm excited to use some of those myself, but we're even going to uh, bring some of your students on here in, in a little bit. Yeah. So stay with us because uh, Don has some amazing students. Yeah, assume that I'm lying because they are a lot better than me. <laughs> they're, they're really impressive. They really are. They're very impressive. Um, so I, I'm excited to dive into that. Talk to me about what you found worked. When you, what started to really get traction when you started teaching innovation uh, at this high school level? It's taking extra time to build the culture. And that culture really starts off with, okay, there's a lot of love and trust. And I throw the L word around a lot. I'm like, there's a lot of love and trust. We're going to take stupid risks. Mm. We're going to do things that other people might make fun of, but not people in this room. We're our own support network. Like the world's against us. That's cool. But we're going to try things. And if it doesn't work out, it's cool. Do, do you think that ha kind of saying like the world is against us and kind of pointing it out, the obvious that like this isn't actually fully embraced, actually brought you closer together. Mm -hmm. but, but, and, and, and then the thing is that it, like it usually comes to pass. Like, unfortunately when you try things, it makes other people uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, if you're slightly overweight and you start getting in shape, your slightly overweight friends don't like you anymore mm. because when you're trying to get better, it intimidates people. So when our students are start taking risks, it's easy to make fun of them because you're afraid that what if you're successful? So they started like really, liking our culture and it's like, you know what? The world's not ending and this is kind of fun and maybe I can do these things. What, what were some of the ways that your students handled with outside, <laughs> outside criticism from people that weren't in the class? They just, the hard, the hard years were, that was a hard adjustment, but now this class has been going, these kids know what they've gotten themselves into because of the kids that used to be in here. And so they know it's its own culture. And you they, mean the success stories. Yeah. Yeah. And even the failure stories. Because I have so many students that come back and go, oh my gosh, I didn't take advantage of the time. You better take advantage of the time. I have several former students who did just okay yep. that regretted it. And they come in, they're like, don't waste this year. And, and then finally, and then lastly, I mean, like, we are so lucky. You, you've seen who we get to interview. Mm-hmm. Like, Who are some of the names that you've, you've Tim brought Fer into the... Tim Ferriss spent two hours with our students via Skype last year. Uh, Naveen Jain. Um, Naveen Steve being the, the guy that's been involved with the Lunar... Yes. Uh, Viome. He's uh, yeah, he's $8 billion net worth. He's, he's a good... But he also, too, has this thing about education. So, yeah, like entrepreneurial crowd... And even local people that are cool. You know Jeb? I mean, yeah. Jeb is a bro, and Jeb even came in and spent a day with them. Because those entrepreneurial people knew their mindset. Yep. And was like, that's what it takes. And they're, and they're like, they see themselves in my students. So they're like, hey, what do you need? Mm -hmm. a matter of fact, we spent um, this week, the entire, like this week was doing nothing but, okay, let's get our Twitter profiles down. Let's get our LinkedIn profiles down. Who do you want to reach out to? How can I help you? Why is it important to have social profiles? Because it's, I always like it when people complain, it's not what you know, it's who you know, as if that's something terrible. And like, how many educators know a lot of people? We all do. Yeah. We know a lot of people. And so we spend a week saying, what does your profile look like? What does it say about you? Why would anybody want to click on you? If your life was a book, would anybody read it? And so then they're like, okay, it'd be crazy if we reached out to this guy. Like I had a class pick. I'm like, okay, who's somebody you would like to talk to that is maybe accessible? Um, the first person we chose was um, the guy that started Charity Water. Oh, uh, Scott Harris. Scott Harris. So he got back with us. And then um, Vsauce 3, um, that's scheduled. And he got back with us because they're like, oh, my gosh, that worked. 
And even yesterday, one of the girls, like, I like this girl's YouTube channel. She doesn't have, like, it wasn't, like, 100,000 subscribers, but it was a decent amount. She got back in two minutes. Wow. And so they're like, you know what? Okay. And all of a sudden, they start networking, and they start learning from, and all of a sudden, and that's why my class is called Innovation and Open Source Learning. The first seven weeks, we learn innovation. We do techniques. We do reframing. We have exercises. But then, really, the rest of the year is I'm helping them. Mm-hmm. And then the open source learning is, you know, one of my students is behind us and they're working on a VR game. How much do I know about VR gaming? Nothing. <laughs> and I'm and I'm okay with that. And I prefer that. So um, well, talk to me more about this exercise that you gave them this challenge to reach out to someone because I, I feel like so many people, whether it's uh, people who are in their jobs and unhappy with their current situation, mm-hmm. or it's entrepreneurs that are doing what they love but uh, still perceive that there are people beyond their reach mm-hmm. that they'd love to connect with. It yeah. could be game changing, yes. but they don't. Yeah. Uh, what is it that creates that blocker? I think p- part of it is, is that we do it as a group. Like if you go to the middle of the dance floor and you, and you dance like an idiot, technically it's brave, which I always do. I've seen you, <laughs> um, but technically it's the right thing to do, but there's a little rest, less risk. If five of your boys go out in the middle of the dance floor and also dance like idiots. So we're, in a, we're, we're dancing like idiots. Yeah. So if like one person reached out and like, I can't believe you wrote Will I Am. He's never going to get back to you. But if everybody in the class is tweeting at people and LinkedIn connecting with people that are out of our reach, now there's a little less to make fun of. And when a couple of people start getting connected back to them, they're like, jump in, the water's fine. And that's what kind of propels us over. And then finally, they also know that it's my job to help. They don't work for me. Yeah. I work for them. And so they're like, I've got a decent sized Twitter following. And so like, Wetrix, maybe you can help me get that person. So they're like, you've got a blue check mark. I'll tweet this person, but include you in it. And then like follow up with a tweet of, yes, you should. (laughs) And so I do just that. And so some of these people are... Sometimes they're YouTubers, sometimes they're authors, sometimes they're whatever. Not everybody gets back, but it's a 0% chance if they'll so never tweet them. You've been very successful at this, getting people like Seth Godin, mm-hmm. uh, getting people like Tim Ferriss. Mm-hmm. Talk to your, spend hours, even a full day with your class. Mm-hmm. What are the things that set apart a good outreach strategy versus a bad outreach strategy? I'm not going to lie. Our advantage is, is that this is cool. Sure. And that I'm working with kids. It's like when a Girl Scout knocks on your door, you're going to buy cookies, not just because they're delicious, but because it's a, it's a kid. I'm representing a lot of kids, and normally the, the audience that we're trying to reach, or the people that we're trying to reach, is like, that was them in high school. Yeah. Like one of our groundbreaking things, like we took a field trip out to Palo Alto. We had the awesome honor of guest lecturing at Stanford. And so when we were out there, it was like, well, then you got to go to this place and you got to go to that place. And so one of the places was, was uh, Google. I think it was at Google they said this. And this guy came up to my students and he's like, do you understand the advantage you have in this class? What I wouldn't have done if I was 17 in this class. And they were scolding my kids that they didn't take advantage of their time. And so one of the guys says, whatever you guys need, call me. Gave them their card. And they were like, wow, this is kind of an honor. And that kind of made them believe that maybe we should and that also that guy was inspired by the fact that a teacher wanted to do this thing so that that gives us an advantage i'm not gonna lie sure being a teacher so if well, you're let's, 45 let's, years let's say old, we don't so you if know, you don't, in my role i don't work with kids great i'm not an educator per se right bring value to somebody be a fan first 
So if I really... So like, talk to me about the most recent um, guest you secured and, and about being okay, a that, fan first. That's probably over fanatical, but yes, I <laughs> reached out several... Mm, I saw that Mark Hamill was active on Twitter. Luke Skywalker. Uh, Luke Skywalker. Oh my gosh. If, first of all, if you don't know who Mark Hamill is, then, <laughs> then this interview is over. But no, um, yeah, and I just... I was kind of poking around that, like, hey, at Mark Hamill, I see that you're active today. Would you like to be in our podcast? And, of course, he didn't respond. And uh, and so I, I've got a, a faithful group of teachers that follow. And I'm like, hey, if anybody wants to jump in on this, how cool would it be for get Mark on the show? And so then people are starting to tweet him, and it's kind of flooding him. And then I started doing little skits with my action figures, and eventually he like got back. Like recording them on video? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had Greedo. That's amazing. Uh, and he shot first. So, yeah, we, we, <laughs> we got Mark because I was relentless and I was kind. But this is the other thing is like, yeah, I mean. You were creative too. I was creative. But, but the nice thing is, is like what I tell the students as well, like some people may not be impressed that I'm a teacher. They don't care. Bring value to them. That's why I, I gave them so long. Like even though we gave them this week, it should be all year. Yeah. So if you're like, I, I just discovered this guy on the news or in Fast Company or in wherever, email them. Tweet them and saying, I love what you do. Mm-hmm. How can I assist? What, what value can I bring? I believe in your mission. Ask for nothing. Ask for nothing. And then let them go, thanks. Let that ride. Yeah. Then tweet number two is, might you have 10 minutes for a Skype call? Maybe. It may not go, no, it may not go anywhere. Right. But then keep following up. Like, just don't quit on them. Like, if you truly believed in them and you want to be mentored, you're just going to keep at it. Yep. And it may take you, there is one person I pursued for a long time. Well, heck, Tim Ferris was that way. Like we had pursued Tim for a while and then we just kept at it. And, um, so if you bring value to others first, then they're eventually going to want to reciprocate if they see that you're just, if they think this is a one tweet, one shot thing, they can sniff that from a mile away. Well, and I love that you say bring value and it's like, great. How do I bring Tim Ferris or Mark Hamill value? But just even in Stroking their ego a little bit. Mm-hmm. Everyone likes to be complimented mm-hmm. in a genuine way. Absolutely. And uh, you were entertaining by having a little uh, action figure show, which maybe we can uh, get a video of, of the <laughs> a recreation of that, or we can share that through the powder keg feed uh, later. But I, the other thing that you mentioned is you got your group of teachers mm-hmm. involved, and you had a particular name for this group of teachers that you shared earlier. Well, it's, it's, it's my PLN, and that's kind of an PLN. personal learning network. Okay. And it's kind of a Twitter teacher-esque thing. I'm sure other people may call it the same thing, but your, yeah, your personal learning network Twitter has been a game changer for a lot of industries, but definitely for education because we share best practices. Mm -hmm. And I want the same thing for my students. So if you do something awesome, if it's for an audience of one, it's a waste of time. If they turn in a project to me, that's just dumb. They should have turned in a project to the world. And so Twitter has been that. So teachers that go, hey, we tried this in class and it worked, that's my PLN. And so, yeah, my, my, my learning network, I, I like, Hey, if anybody's online today, keep bothering Mark Hamill and see if it works. And, uh, it worked. Do you think that other industries could benefit from having a PLN? Every single industry could benefit. And I think this is the one thing that I will say about the entrepreneurial set is that they use terms like collaboration, but then they're like, well, I really won't talk to you until you sign this NDA. <laughs> Stop it. Stop. If your idea was that star-spangled awesome, if you were afraid of it being copied, it's probably pretty easy. 
or at least be collaborative in the, your PLN. If you have a tight group, that PLN is not going to run with your idea right. and all of a sudden sabotage you. So, yes, I think that every industry, every genre should have a learning network. How did you go about putting your PLN together? This kind of forms. Okay. You know, that's the whole thing with hashtags. I mean, there's some tribes that, like, you know, have a hashtag you know, education or hashtag ed chat or hashtag genius hour, hashtag 20% time, things of that nature. So sometimes just the hashtags bring people together. I'm sure there's a Game of Thrones learning network oh, yeah. that happens to spring up organically. What, what were some of the other um, experiments early on or exercises that went really well with the class that, that maybe we could even implement in our own life? And then I want to bring some students out because I want to get their perspective. Yeah. I mean, it's going to come across like I'm bragging, but darn near all of them, even the projects that didn't work, the journey was always worth it. Mm. I mean, we've had some kids. We had one girl that helped write a law and then it got so watered down in committee. She was campaigning for her own law that she helped write. She was hoping to vote it down. Wow. Yes. Um, That's a pretty big lesson learned, though. It's a great lesson learned. On the surface, she didn't win. Yep. But on the sur- but but if you dig deeper, she won, and she went through that process. I mean, uh, we've got a couple of kids that right now are, are running their own companies. One isn't doing that well. One is. Well, heck, one of them started the past thing, and you had met Zach, and 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 so some of those were the big sexy stories. But the the quieter stories of students putting together a, an event for. Uh, a cancer group or running um, a mom and pop place and learning or teaching them what their social media marketing strategy is things that aren't necessarily going to make the indie star or you know nbc news were still really great things and if you put people if you put yourself out there and you're providing value first you're going to win at life even if the project the short-term project sucks you're going to win all the time Something that uh, that you see all the time is just the fear of failure stops people from even getting started. Yes. How do you break through that with your class? You have the value of flunking someone if they don't take action, but what are the other incentives that you use to uh, uh, like the drive reverse? Action? Yeah, the reverse peer pressure. Like it, it's in like the other kids think it's like we don't want the reputation. This is a class about nothing. Yeah. Like you really should do something. Um, but that being said, I mean, there's there's still a couple of kids that go through the motions. They're like kind of working on a project, but they're not their hearts on that. That bugs me. But I mean, I think that that overcoming fear of failure is is dancing with everybody else in the middle of the dance floor. If we're all dancing like idiots, then it's a little bit better. I really love that you've brought this to a younger generation and that these strategies work for both students as well as adults. Mm-hmm. What are some of the, the ways, what was some of the feedback that you've had of the adults that have experienced your class? Well, it's ironic because like now I'm starting to do things outside the educational arena because some of our methodologies, I mean, and, and sometimes it's similar to, to D-school thinking anyway. Actually, I was with a, a really unique outfit out in Austin and I walked him what, through what we do and he's like, oh my gosh, that's kind of what we do, but I never really put a process behind it. And, and we have a little an acronym for it and, you know, I kind of walked him through. He's like, that's it? Like, yes, that's how we work here. What, what was that process that you shared? It's the Roth IRA. Roth IRA. I yes. like it. And even though that's a great 
tax savings of vehicle. Financial investment vehicle. Right, right, right. Yeah. right. Never do, go traditional. Um, the, the Roth is the, the easy part. That's realization. So we'll be brainstorming class and we'll come to realization. You're jogging, you're showering. You come to this realization. You have to go to the O, which is open discussion. If you don't start brainstorming it out and talking to other people about it, it's never going to go anywhere. So you realize this idea. Realize it. Take it into open discussion. Every other Monday we have open discussion time. It's awesome. sacred. Awesome. So that leads to the T, which is the tussle. Some kid, some person is going to say, this is a dumb idea. Don't take it personal. Argue it out. That's the tussle. You should tussle. Yeah. And then oftentimes that's where the H is. That's the homogeneous grouping, not ability grouping, but like, and oftentimes the kid that has the art eye was like, that is the dumbest design ever. But the engineering kid is like, but it's a really good idea. You two should be a thing. And so a lot of times that's how groups are formed. And then now the hard part of the hard part is the IRA. And that is ideation, which becomes iteration, but ideation, prototype number one, give it two weeks and then we reflect and adjust. Ideate, reflect, adjust. And that new, so that's why we, every student this year has a weapon of choice. They either have a blog, a podcast, or a YouTube channel. So when they're done, after their two weeks are over, they reflect on what their project is. It brings more people to the table. And then when they go, okay, this week sucked because, how are you going to adjust? And that adjustment is realization number two, open discussion two, tussling number two. It's the process repeats. And now you iterate. And, to, and then sometimes you don't iterate. You're like, this project fundamentally sucks. I'm done. Quit. <laughs> Big fan of quitting. Yeah. You can lie to me for the rest of the semester and say, I'm going to keep at it. You're not. Yep. So I'd rather you just quit now. And then work often. Again, that whole fail early, fail often. I used to think that was a really bad cliche. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that is the way we do things. How many other Silicon Valley buzz terms can I now fit I, in? I think you're getting them all. We got bingo. You're, like, doing multiple bingos on the bingo board. I'll try. In that reflecting time period, when you're reflecting on the experiment you've run or the ideation mm -hmm. that you've, you've uh, created, what's important about that reflecting period? That they're honest with themselves and honest with me, that they get out of student mode. And really, for the first couple of years, they would like write it like an essay. Mm -hmm. Is my grammar okay? I don't care. <laughs> you know, over the course of the past two events, I have found that just tell me, tell me what was wrong. And that's also kind of like that loaded question of in an interview, what's your worst things? I care too much. Right. Oh, bullshit. Right. Give me what's really wrong. And so when they got over that, you know what? I should have done this. I'm honest and that I didn't even come close to doing that. And then that's how they grade themselves. And honestly, like what I'm trying to do is the hardest thing in the world. The things that you tell yourself you're going to do, I'm there to see that you do it. Mm -hmm. So at first it seemed like an easy class. And then it was like, this is really difficult because I said I was going to do these things for the next two weeks. But guess what? I hated it. And then you gently nudge and then you pry and you're like, are you going to do more? And it doesn't work out for everybody. After a couple months of this, they're like, it's kind of like that Jocko Wilnick thing. They realize that, that it's always their fault. <laughs> that they can find excuses, but it's just excuses. It's their fault. And I tell them in the beginning of the year, if you don't do well in this class, it's my fault. Until it's your fault. Can you talk about um, a time when you, you or a student implemented the Roth IRA? model and it resulted in a, a positive outcome? Yeah, a, a, a positive. Well, first of all, it's almost always a positive. Once they understand that process, once they, you know, they come to that great realization, many an idea is enhanced in that first open discussion. So we'll be talking about some idea and there'll always be like, okay, kind of, but 
you should do this. And that's where our pivot always usually lies. And so when we have that pivot, all of a sudden that, that idea and that rush of a brainstorm starts to go off in different directions. When we start going off in different directions, magic happens. Like some businesses have been started from it. Um, and even things, like I said earlier, things that aren't so glamorous, even like in-school events uh, or, or updates to what we're trying to make in, in school, that, that kind of happens. So. I love it. I just went in to grab your students, and one of them was playing with the VR, the, the VR Vive. Yeah, I'm just like, that's amazing. I mean, that's like the latest and greatest technology. Yeah, hop, yeah. hop on over here. Do you guys mind introducing yourself? All right, I'm uh, Brady Anderson. I'm a student of Don Wetrick. And if you want to find me on Twitter, Brady Anderson forty. That is my Twitter handle. Awesome. Atta boy. Yeah. Here, I'll change your chairs. <laughs> this thing. I'm, 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 I've resigned the fact right. that I'm short right. anyway. So this is just making it worse. <laughs> Brady, thank you so much for being on the show. My pleasure. All right. Uh, hi, my name's Michael Rogers, um, and I, as well, am a student of Donald Wetrick. Turn up the bass. <laughs> hey, Michael I like Rogers. it. Hey, yeah. You got that radio voice. <laughs> well, he is into voice acting, actually, so oh, yeah? that's one of his passions. Very mm -hmm. cool. So, what, did you know what you're getting into when you joined Don's class? I had a pretty good idea, since I, I was like, I always like to do like research on what I do, and like, yeah. kind of look into it. So I, I, at first I questioned Don, I would ask him what it's like and he, he would give me like explanation that like kind of short cause he's really busy with everything that he's doing. And then, and then like one day I think he said like, Brady, go read my book if you really want to know. So <laughs> how Dr. Phil of me. Yeah. That's awesome. So, book. <laughs> so I got his book, which is in our library, ironically. Well, self-serving. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Yeah. I like it. And, it's your tax uh, dollars at work, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> and then I read the book, and I, I was like, I, I got my answer. It was there was structure. There was there was a reason for everything that was going on. It wasn't just chaos. It was it was organized chaos, for lack of a better word. And I was like, I love this because of what it's trying to do, and it's it's, and to me, like it set me up to understand like this class is not like your other classes. This class is for you, and if you want to use this class then use it. If you don't, then you're just wasting your time. That's great. You sound exactly like Don. Thank you. He's indoctrinated as well. <laughs> well indoctrinated. <laughs> How about you? How did you hear about Don's class? Well, I've heard about Don's class, I want to say my sophomore year, and uh, learn from a couple of other upperclassmen. They always told me about how great it was and how many good opportunities there was for people like me in this class. And I was always very curious about it, a little bit of skeptical, but... I wanted to see how it was because I wanted to put my faith in not only Don, but on the opportunities he could present to me. What, what were the things that you thought were most surprising about the class that you didn't expect? Um, things that were most surprising would probably be just the amount of freedom that was, that was brought in being in the class. Um, I expected there to be some kind of just set order. You're going to do this, 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 by this date. Like, I remember first day he said, you can use this class, you can use me, you can use my resources, but um, if you're not going to do anything, then you're just not only wasting my time, but you're wasting your own. So, When you guys first um, came up against some resistance in mm -hmm. the class, what, what, what was that first sort of like barrier for you on your entrepreneurial path? Honestly, the, the barrier that you need is yourself. Because it's, it's kind of like this idea that I can't do this, I'm just in high school. And then you realize that's an excuse. You have to get over yourself almost. Like you are your obstacle because everything that you, you think is in your way is because you put it there in a sense. And like, if you want to know something, why don't you know it already? 
Like, what are you doing to learn it? It's almost like, it's kind of like saying, like, you want this? Then go get it. It's it's uh, it's really, like, self-imposed barriers, I guess. Mm-hmm. Just recognizing yeah. that, that paradigm shift. Being aware of you being in your own way, which I think is something that's needed to kind of set yourself up for success. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Did you have a similar experience? I think I couldn't agree more with that. Uh, you are your own barrier, and I've been a victim of that. I've always just kind of put things off until the last minute and never really taking that first step into actually doing. And I'm going to be honest, I think that's something this class has really helped me with, not only just with work and actually getting meeting deadlines, getting stuff done, but like I think it's really helped me to what I'm going to possibly achieve when I not only graduate, but like go into life, find a career. That's awesome. Do you know what you want to do? Do you guys both know? <laughs> do you, Brady? I mean, I have a plan, but I'm also aware that my plan is not important because there's a, there's a path for my life that I believe God has set up for me in a sense. And there's that path. And there's also, engineering. what if, what if, yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, what if, what if something comes up that I find that is better than engineering? And it, like, I'm like, my plan is engineering. Um, but if there's something better, then I'm, I'm willing to take that. Open to adjusting the plans. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so with Sorry. me, mine's kind of on both ends of the spectrum. On one hand, I, after I graduate, I intend on going into the military, enlisting into the Navy, but, <laughs> and, and I think that'll really help me for what I might want to do when I grow up, when I actually get a solid plan of, yes, I want to do this. I want to do this with, for the rest of my life. And it's going to help a lot with, um, financially. So I don't have to go into life with debt and worry about just paying people back. Um, I'd rather do stuff on my own and be, go into life without any restrictions, I guess. Um, but on the other hand, I want to go to art school. <laughs> so kind of on the other end of the spectrum. <laughs> sure. That is a dichotomy. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not a hundred percent sure what I want to do yet. So uh, that Navy idea is looking a lot better because so I'll not only have time to think about what I actually want to do. Or you'll squeeze the life out of this year and start finding it. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are the things that you've learned in Don's class that you think are going to change the way you approach your path I think it's more reinforcement than uh, learning for like a mindset and then it's specific to what you want to do like for me what I've learned is I've learned so much about coding just in these past few days what why coding because I see how computers work in the world and I want to understand that like I want to understand how things work and why and then be able to use that because I think when you can use something that you understand that can really set you yourself up to be dangerous especially when computers are like exploding already and then uh how people are using them is just changing drastically dangerous in a good way not like dangerous exploding samsung iphones oh. no no yeah. <laughs> it can also be dangerous in a good way too i love that i just said samsung iphone <laughs> samsung smartphone <laughs> samsung iphone i'm cool <laughs> <laughs> how about you how how have the tools and skills exercises that you've done um, change the way you've approached it's, your path. 
It's actually kind of funny because I had the first week of school and after that I came to Don and I told him, hey, I have an idea of what I might want to do. What would you think about it? Do you think this is possible? And he's like, oh, that's pretty cool. Hell yeah, just bring it in. What was the idea? <laughs> I had bought a HTC Vive and I had been experiencing... Virtual reality, yeah, headset virtual reality, system. Just something you can interact with a virtual world, which is mind-blowing to me and it still is and I use it almost every other day and uh, I, I thought to myself I remember hearing Don saying that nobody is really taking a huge step forward in education in the last hundred years or something I, I thought okay well what if I'm that first what if I'm that somebody that actually does something so innovative that I see it in every classroom in America or hell, even the world. So how am I going to do this? Well, I thought, okay, people with ADHD, people that are very hyperactive in the classroom have a tough time really just absorbing, absorbing everything and aren't really the people to just sit down, take notes. But he just described his teacher too, by the way. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and myself, I mean, I'm exactly like that. I'm very... I'm very interactive. Tactile. Yeah. yeah. So I thought, okay, so I have this vibe. And I thought, what if I implement this somehow? I get a group of people trying to get an app together, or a few apps, and uh, we try to make one for each subject for people that can't stand but get up and out of their seat, move, and hold the things they're learning. For example, um, looking at a... Um, game right now that explores the human body, explores cells and all that. Brady yeah. <laughs> actually just went through half of it. Um, if you want to tell mean, me what you think of it. I thought it was pretty great because I've always like been interested in how the body works as well. I mean, me personally, I just want to know how things work. Yeah. And that was, that was, you see it and it's there and you're in that atmosphere, you're in that cell and you see, you see how the cell works. And then I thought it was kind of amazing and compared to biology my freshman year, it was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> just 10 minutes better than a whole year. I mean, just yeah. think about that. Yeah. Um, I think that, and especially recently with the Vive and the um, Oculus dropping to $600 yeah. a, a piece, I think it's a lot more available compared to the 800 Yeah. yeah. I think um, it's very possible that we can make education a lot more relevant. Relevant, yeah. interactive. Yeah. Well, um, would you guys feel comfortable with uh, me interviewing you while you're interacting with the the Vive and and your <laughs> take it in your there? Product? Go for you it. You guys want to set up? I'll finish up here with Don. All right. Oh and, yeah. And um, let him get to his next meeting, and I'll I'll be in in just a second. Thank you guys so much for being here. Yeah. No problem. Don, thank you so much for taking the time uh, to talk with us here today. Thanks if, for bringing in my students. That means a lot. Of course, man. Yeah. It's really uh, it's amazing what they're doing and. Um, there's some entrepreneurs in the powder keg community I'd love to introduce uh, that are doing some amazing things with VR. You've always got an open door here, man. Always. Awesome, man. Well, um, if people want to find out more about you, the work that you're doing, where can mm -hmm. they find you? Yeah, um, Twitter is my main hub, and that's at Don Wetrick. 
Um, the uh, Start Ed Up uh, website is startedupinnovation.com. Um, we're starting to work with several schools now all over the world, and we kind of collaborate. And if you ever want to be a mentor to my students or any students that I'm working with uh, anywhere else, if you have a particular hobby, passion that you think some other student would be interested in, please contact me because uh, I believe that in education they can be they can get their learn on for more than just the school building. So please, please reach out. Thanks so much, Don. That's it for our interview with Don Wetrick, but it does not have to be the end of the conversation. Don is super active on Twitter, and you can find him at Don Wetrick. Hit him up, let him know what you learned, let him know uh, if you have follow-up questions. He's never one to shy away from an engaging conversation. Again, that's at Don Wetrick. That's Don, W-E-T-T-R-I-C-K. You can also find him at theinnovationteacher.com, where I hope you'll hit him up, learn a little bit more about his podcast, some the other things he has going on. Uh, please let me know if you enjoyed this episode and what you liked most. And for more stories on entrepreneurs, leaders, and professionals outside of Silicon Valley, make sure you give us a little subscribe on iTunes. You can find us at powderkeg.com slash iTunes. It's a handy dandy link we created just for you. You'll want to subscribe there because we have some amazing guests coming up. So please don't miss that. And while you're at it, please, please, please leave us a review on iTunes. This is how we reach new people and the positive reviews we've already received have helped us dramatically grow our audience. We've got a helpful companion website at powderkeg.com. You can find show notes for this episode as well as all of the past articles and interviews and even events. So uh, if you're interested in events and meeting me in person or maybe some of the rest of the powder keg community, come on out to one of our powder keg pitch nights. We have them all over the United States right now. Uh, But at those pitch nights, you can come and connect with other tech entrepreneurs, investors, and professionals that are just like you. We also live stream those events. So if you can't make it out in person or if we're not in your city yet, you can check us out at Facebook facebook.com slash powder keg. Again, you can learn all about those events as well as new articles and episodes of powder keg igniting startups at powderkeg.com. I'll see you there or we'll talk to you on the next episode.